0: Everybody,
1: here we go! Up to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways
0: to express your love for Disney. Think of the
1: happiest thing.
0: Now, here's your
1: host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is a very special episode because it's part one of three of our Disneyland Trip Report series. So today we're going to be talking about Mickey's Halloween Party. Episode two, we'll be talking about Disneyland. And episode three, we'll be talking about Disney's California Adventure. So it's only appropriate that if the two people who went with me on this trip join us for this episode. So the first one you've met before, and that's Catherine, my wife. Catherine. Hi. Hi. And the, our third amigo, our third caballero, was Elizabeth, who is my sister-in-law, Catherine's sister. I've mentioned her a couple times on this podcast, but so excited to have her on for this trip report as well. So, Elizabeth, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, maybe um, mention that you're a cast member and just introduce yourself to our listeners.
0: Thank you so much. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Elizabeth. I am so happy to be on Detroit Neverland and share my experience um, about everything from our California trip. Um, it's so fun, and I'm, again, so excited to be here.
1: Good deal. So it's a rite of passage. Every guest who's been on here has done this. You've got to go through our lightning round so our listeners can get to know you and your Disney fandom a little bit better. Before we do that, I've mentioned that you're a cast member, maybe tell us a little bit about your role and what you do down in Orlando.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, um, as Brendan said, I'm a cast member at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. I have only worked at Walt Disney World. Um, I started at the company in 2015, um, as many cast members do on the Disney College program. I returned to the University of Tennessee and graduated and we moved back to orlando i've worked at hollywood studios um the french quarter resort and now i'm a concierge at all-star sports and i'm seasonally working as a vip tour guide so if anyone's interested in a vip tour feel free to request me
1: yeah great tip put in Elizabeth Jankowicz as your tour guide um, and you'll be bouncing (laughs) through the parks um, and have a good time. So let's go ahead and jump into it. We'll get the lightning round out of the way and then we'll jump into our trip report. So you've probably heard the format before. So I'll just jump through these, put out a Disney topic. And if you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited.
0: So I've been to all four of our parks here at Walt Disney World Resort: the Magic Kingdom, Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and Epcot. I've been to our two water parks, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. Um, most recently, both parks at Disneyland: so Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. And I went on the Disney Dream um, cruise boat. So is
1: that that's, what was the name of the ship that we saw docked in San Diego? Was that the Dream?
0: That was the wonder. wonder?
1: Oh, the wonder. And that's one of the new ones, right? Or is that one of the old? That's
0: the old. That's Uh, the old one. The wonder and the magic are old.
1: Gotcha. Good deal. So of all the parks that you visited, which one is your favorite and why?
0: So I would have to say from the East Coast, my favorite is Magic Kingdom. Um, Just because it's the most nostalgic and it holds all the memories for me. And I just absolutely love everything about the Magic Kingdom. Um, And then from the West Coast, I would have to easily, hands down, say California Adventure. I know we're not talking about that park today, but I'll just say the food and the rides were amazing. I love all the Phoenix, so California Adventure, it has it all. Okay, so the next question, what is your Disney bucket list trip? Uh, Okay, so this goes a little bit back to episode 22. Catherine, when you are on, I know you talked about wanting to go um, to other continents and seeing Greece, but I would love to go on a transatlantic cruise because I don't think I've done enough Disney cruising, and it was just such a great experience when we went on our first uh, Disney cruise together when Cat was graduating high school. So, transatlantic just put me on a boat for uh, two weeks.
1: And then you've got to stop at Disneyland Paris once you get over there, right?
0: Yes. We'll just keep the magic flowing.
1: Good deal. So next would be your favorite Disney resort.
0: This one's really hard. Cause like I said, I'm biased because I've worked at Disney resorts. Um, my favorite would probably be the animal kingdom lodge. I've yet to stay there, it's it's kind of weird for me to say it's my favorite. Um, I love the restaurants there. I love that there are multiple different savannas where you can see animals. It's just such a cool experience having the night vision goggles at night. I love the food. Bowman's Tana. It's amazing. So Animal Kingdom Lodge.
1: Fun fact it's a different place from Wilderness Lodge, isn't it?
0: Yes. Also featured in episode 22. Um Self-proclaimed Disney expert at that time when the, you know, incident happened. (laughs) So, do you think I redeemed myself from showing up at the wrong spot during your engagement because I was the only one that took pictures of Catherine's expression?
1: Yes, very true. So, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode twenty-two or episode one. To be honest, we've shared (laughs) our Disney engagement story um and liz had a a
0: key role
1: a key f- role <laughs> that was almost disastrous but it, it turned out okay it worked out so
0: i'll, I'll preface this with um my experience with Katherine and, and brendan's engagement really quick really quick i know i'm digressing from the lightning round but i am horrible at keeping secrets i've always been horrible at keeping secrets no one in my family tells me when anything important is happening So when Brendan asked my parents for permission, my parents literally tried their best to keep it from me because they know how I am. And I figured out, because Brendan was texting my parents, which has never really happened before, so I was like, why on earth would he be direct, you know, texting my mother? And I was like, mom, mom, why why are you texting Mr. Wright, who's just as bad at keeping secrets as I am? So she's like, "Oh, he just has a question," and I was like, oh, he, "Why would he ask you a question? Like, he's a very smart person. Like, what can't he figure out without you?" But I figured it out. She caved. She told me, and I kept this a secret for months, all until the fateful day where I almost forgot
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it all worked out, so we can all live happily ever after.
0: Yes. So, um. What is your favorite ride? So I like to think of this in two different categories, the thrill rides and the family-friendly rides, even if families are thrill-friendly. Ours is not. So thrill rides, I love Expedition Everest. If you don't like to be spoiled, fast-forward this. If you know how the ride works, keep listening. It goes backwards. No matter where you sit on this attraction, you're going to have the same experience. So, it's super fun. You're going to have a great ride no matter where you sit on that train. It doesn't have to be like Big Thunder Mountain where you have to request for the back if you want to go fast. So, love it. My favorite non-thrill attraction. um, It's one that many people skip over because I don't know what it is. It's in New Fantasyland. It's called Enchanted Tales with Belle. Um, I think... (laughs) So it's a really cool walkthrough experience. It's not a ride per se, but guests are transported from Belle's cottage into the castle and the characters are alive. It's so fun. And you meet Belle at the end. She doesn't sign for autographs, but she'll take pictures and give you a bookmark to mark the occasion. It's cute, it's fun. You get a souvenir. What more could you ask for? Oh Yeah, we should have known you would say that. We You never really know, like, which way, which direction people are going to go, but we definitely could have called that one.
1: Well, and it's one of those attractions that, Catherine, when you and I are there, we'll maybe do it.
0: Just if, for Liz.
1: But if there's a five-minute wait, we'll jump on it. But Liz will make us wait, like, 20 minutes to go on that. I Oh, yeah, if that's it's a wait-worthy. If,
0: if it's over 30, it's not worth it, but, like... I love the queue and there's a hidden Mickey and I know where it is. <laughs> all the qualifications. It meets them all.
1: I will say that transition from the cottage to the castle is imagineering at its best.
0: It is cool. I mean, I think we can all agree. Well. So, yeah. It's- so I guess go do it if you haven't. Yeah. Give it a shot.
1: So before we get too far off track, let's bring it back into something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, your favorite snack or a go-to snack.
0: Mm. Any of the Disney confectionery shops have great selection of items. My go-to is the chocolate chip cookie that's Mickey shaped. And this cookie is the cookie of all cookies. It is the size of any grown adult's head. And the ears are dipped in chocolate with this beautiful chocolate drizzle on, like, the head portion, not the ears. It's it's always good. And it's shareable. And it's one snack credit. That's a shareable snack. So you get your bang for your buck. But for those listening, Liz does not share. You might get a bite. <laughs> um, or if you offer her a bite, it's like half the cookie. So it's shareable for maybe a normal group of people, but our group, not shareable.
1: I know I just said we need to get this back on track, but I've got to share this memory that just popped into my head. <laughs> when Liz finished her first college program and we, you and I flew down there to drive her back, you remember before we left, we went to so many different bakeries and we picked up a cookie and Liz just... As happy as can be leaving Disney World, I mean, sad, but had that cookie just, like, stuffing her face. I'll never forget that.
0: I mean, comfort food, people. Comfort food. It's a real thing.
1: So if you have to leave Disney World and and end your college program, I guess that's the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, it's a good coping mechanism, I guess. Learn to cope. Eat a cookie.
1: Yep.
0: I, I have vivid memories. I've flown out of Orlando International Airport with a Mickey cookie. And in a bag, and security always stops me when I come home with one on the they airplane. They do, yeah, and, and they it's... search my cookie and they're like, "What is in your bag, ma'am?" I said, "A chocolate chip Mickey head." <laughs> the looks never get any better,
1: but it's all worth <laughs> it. It's an
0: essential, an essential, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> all right, so still staying on food, your favorite Disney restaurant. <sighs>
0: goodness there are so many great restaurants
1: you have to break it down maybe a favorite table service and a favorite quick service
0: okay okay table service i've already mentioned it before it's going to be Sana. um it's it feels like a cop-out to say i love their bread service it's a signature restaurant so it's a bit more of a price point but it's an experience i love it their food's a bit more unique so be adventurous, and just take a night, go to Sana'a. It's amazing. Uh, my favorite quick service, <sighs> this is really hard.
1: If it's not Harbor House, I feel like we're getting gypped.
0: I know, I, I wanna say Harbor House because we eat there so often, but I also like, I love Harbor House now mostly for their salmon plate, that's really good. But the, my favorite fish and chips has to just be like the Coke. No, not the Coke. Is it Coke's of Dublin? That's in the UK and Epcot? Uh,
1: I think so. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, the, the Epcot name of it.
0: fish and chips are just everything you need.
1: Hmm.
0: I love Epcot fish and chips. Like, I want to say that's my favorite quick service, and it's not even a real quick service, it's just a stand. Well, I think that counts. Something grab-and-go. Mm-hmm. I think that counts. It's so good. I wish they had mobile order. Okay. So what is your favorite Disney movie? Again, it's it's Beating the Beast all the way. I, I sing the songs painfully when you don't even want to hear them. Yes, every word. Belted out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just – um foreshadowing we've got to talk about beast library whenever we get to dca just hold on for Way that to
0: stay on topic
1: <laughs> anyway next would be your favorite disney song
0: um again anything beating the beast but favorite song that gets me pumped up is i can go the distance um, from hercules so it's my motivational monday motivational any day music And that's a good one. I feel like sometimes Hercules gets overlooked. It's underrated, but that is, that's such a good song. It is. Just like the hum song. I mean, now that is hands down the best song. Let's get down to business. That's a pump up song for you right there.
1: Have you ever done it without doing karate chops?
0: No, that's a negative. (laughs)
1: All right, so next one would be your favorite Disney quote.
0: Um, my favorite quote is the same one as Catherine Winnie the Pooh. It's our quote together, and it's, you are braver than you believe, you are stronger than you seem, and you're smarter than you think. Um, so it's something we share, and I have a beautiful blanket with that quote and a picture that she painted me, so... I love it. So sentimental. So then, what's your favorite Disney memory? Um. Again, as you both mentioned, it's your favorite memory, but your engagement's probably my favorite because we were together as a whole family, and I've seen countless engagements as a cast member, and helped send, you know, floral arrangements to their room, working, you know, front desk and concierge and witness them, you know, in person at the parks and resorts. But seeing your face, Catherine, when you saw that we were there to celebrate with you, it it just really came full circle. So, And by the way, if you're wondering what my face looked like, it was a full-on ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it was touching... But it wasn't like a, oh, like a sweet face. I mean, it was like full on ugly cry. Because, okay, but I wanted that ugly cry because if you look at her engagement pictures, it's all sweet. So like, we deserve an ugly cry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that. It was probably the most surprised I was all day, honestly. So if you go back and listen to my account of the engagement, I mean, of course I was surprised, but go back and listen. But I was for sure the most surprised when I saw my family there, even my cousin from Pennsylvania. So yeah, it was a good memory. Good, Brendan earned. Brendan earned that ugly cry. So I was
1: giving myself a pat on the back. (laughs) All right. So last one is I think a really good question for you to answer because there's probably people out there that becoming a cast member is a goal of theirs. And so if you had a piece of a guidance or a piece of advice to someone, um, that they maybe want to become a cast member down the road, I know there's so many specifics about how to make a Disney resume and how to interview with Disney, but more so on kind of the mindset and and how to set those goals. Do you have any advice for someone like that?
0: Absolutely. So, um, like I said, I got my start doing the Disney college program, which are all, entry-level jobs but if you are an older adult, or anyone of any age looking to work for the walt disney company i love my company and i love my job so i would just say start at the beginning and really look at what the resume or the job description is asking for and tailor your resume if it's asking for strong guest service, make sure you use those words, guest service. Um, and network, it never hurts to reach out and um, find someone on LinkedIn and ask them where they got their start. Or um, In Disney, we like to use the terms one-on-one, and that's essentially just how we say, can I have five minutes of your time and ask you, what does a hotel leader do or what does someone working in communications do to learn more it's not asking them for an interview and it's not asking for a job recommendation but usually if they like you then they're more than happy to endorse you for an interview so never hurts to ask and learn more
1: yeah i think that's great and i think that it's really a testament to just how welcoming and open that the disney community is and that, that goes into the the company as well, um, that everybody's there um, trying to do their best and happy to connect and lend out a helping hand. So Catherine and I are taking notes over here for our retirement <laughs> jobs when we go down to Orlando. Yes,
0: yeah, so we already have our jobs picked out, so you'll have to help us with that since you're the pro. <laughs> well, I am shipping and campaigning for you to move down here like yesterday, so... <laughs> Well, so are we. Don't worry.
1: All right. So that was great. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, let's our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So now we can jump into it. We can jump into our trip report of specifically Mickey's Halloween party. So I want to set the stage a little bit. Um, a couple of ground rules that we're going to try to follow. We can't promise that we'll follow it the whole time, but we don't want this to, to turn into just a comparison between Mickey's Halloween party and Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. There's certain things that it's a natural um, comparison that we may bring up, but we don't just want it because they're so different. We don't want to um, just muddy the waters by doing that. But um, so we went on a Tuesday night, which ended up being, I think, a great choice. We planned to go on a Friday night. And that party actually sold out, so we had to bump our trip up a little bit, leave San Diego earlier than we wanted to. Um, and go on a Tuesday night, and our party started at 6 p.m. So that means that we could get access to the parks three hours before. We didn't quite make it because we're lazy and... Um,
0: well, we're, it's, it's vacation, so sometimes you want to move at a slower pace. You know, we had never seen seals in the wild before, so heaven forbid we want to stop and look at the seals. Yeah, we stopped in looked Even though they smell. <laughs> um, so... We took our time getting there. Um, I think for the most part we did pretty good on time. But just to rewind a little, because the parties do sell out fast, once you pick a date, buy the tickets. Don't procrastinate yeah, like is, we did. It is not like Walt Disney World where you can wait. Like the dates get released, you buy your tickets. I mean, yes, Halloween always sold out at Walt Disney World, but most weekdays you have some leeway and come by day of that is not a thing there Mm -hmm. at all so just a helpful hint
1: yeah so i think one of the first kind of key takeaways that we found from the halloween party is that we checked into paradise pier got up to our room um started to put uh, and just seeing people in the lobby first off we noticed holy cow these people go all out and so we quickly realized that the costumes that we had packed were not going to cut it. So we they were made... were
0: not sufficient. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we made the executive decision to not wear our costumes, which is kind of a bummer because I think we were excited for it. But the way that we saw other people dressed up, we we would have looked like we'd just thrown it together.
0: And in a sense, we did. Um. I think we probably spent $20 total on our costumes just getting them together the week before. Because we are procrastinators in a sense. Um, But I think part of the difference, I was thinking about it a little. And I think a big reason why the Disneyland costumes were just so outstanding was probably because of the weather. You know, in Disney World in Florida, since it's so humid and it's hot and it rains you know, it, it's probably not as easy to put that level of effort and detail into your costume. That's just my prediction. Maybe and they're I just... Good. Yeah, I'll agree to that because today um, being now October 29th, the weather was finally in, like, the 70s. So the Halloween party has been going on since August, and it's now a few days short of halloween and you can finally wear quarter length sleeves wow
1: (laughs) so we can share it hopefully we'll wear them somewhere down the road yeah but we did have good costume ideas our execution was just a little poor a little thrown together so i was going to be Hades. you guys were going to be pain and panic do you remember which one was which
0: i was panic right yeah, and I was pain. Yes. Because Brendan said you were being a pain in his butt. <laughs> not ha, ha, ha. Yeah, so funny. So, yeah, our costume ideas were great, especially because um, when we thought about which characters we wanted to meet, Hades was at the top of our list. So, that also kind of influenced our costume ideas. Um, We'll just have to kind of keep the idea for next time
1: we Mm -hmm. visit. All right. So I think it's maybe worth it because all of us kind of took note of some really great costumes that we saw other guests wearing. Were there any that stood out to you guys? I can give you a moment to think and share the ones that really stood out to me. So we saw a couple sets of guardians of the galaxy characters and those people went all out. So specifically there was a, a group of ladies that were standing behind us in line at one point. And they were Yondu, Gamora, and Mantis. And they, Gamora was green from head to toe. Yondu was blue from head to toe and had her hair up with his... Yep,
0: the mohawk.
1: Yeah. I mean, they were awesome. So, we and we saw another Yondu later that night, too. And that one was a, a great costume as well. So, that was amazing. To see.
0: That's also your favorite movie, so that might play into it, too. But they were good. I do agree. They were awesome. Um, I think one of the ones that stands out to me the most was when we were in line waiting to get into the park for the Halloween party. We saw a little boy dressed up like Coco. So he had, you know, the red sweatshirt, but then his face was painted. um, So he was like the skeleton version of Coco. And then his sister. Miguel. What did I just say? Oh. Coco's a great one. Okay, so it's from the movie Coco. (laughs) My bad. So he was Miguel. um, But then the sister was Diego, the...
1: The dog, like the spirit version. The spirit
0: version. Yes, that's what I was going for. The spirit version of Diego. So she was very colorful. She had like a head-to-toe jumpsuit. And you could tell it was handmade. Um, She had like the wings. She had the little hat with their face on it. I mean, it was on point.
1: Liz, did, any that stood out to you?
0: Um, I would have to say the one that stood out to me was there's a man dressed up as we were going through the security before downtown Disney, and he was in a line separate from us. And he was head to toe in the live action version of the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. And one thing I struggle with personally in life is losing things. And this man committed to wearing the full size top hat. And I think I was just most impressed with the fact that he had on this red wig and a hat and was going to keep it for the entire night. Like I know people wear wigs on a regular basis nowadays, but to wear a wig and a hat to a theme park, I was just genuinely impressed. And the costume was put together very elaborately. Like everything, thing he was wearing was on point. So I think that was probably one of my most impressive ones. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also what made those costumes so interesting to look at is they really did have all the details. I mean, they must have studied those characters and those outfits um, and we could really just appreciate the time that was put into them. Yeah. So it was fun to people watch.
1: It seemed like we were at Comic-Con and seeing people like cosplaying. So yeah. it
0: it was at such a point at one point in our night and the Halloween parties often got food and the characters roamed freely at Disneyland, which was a new experience for us being from Walt Disney World. So Peter Pan and Wendy were, were they entering or they were coming recently, I think on stage, I mean, coming into the parks, sorry, Disney lingo. Um... <laughs> And Catherine looked and she goes, "Are they real?" Because everyone was dressed up so great, like it was hard to differentiate who was a real Disney character and who was just a guest. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard to tell, you know, because me and Brendan are like arguing, "Is that Peter Pan and Wendy? Is it not? Are they guests?" And then I think what did it for us is that we saw other people taking pictures with them, so it kind of solidified. Um, but I swear, I also saw Captain Jack Sparrow just kind of roaming around. But you know, how embarrassing would that be to like walk up to just another guest and ask take pictures with them? I mean, that'd be mortifying. So it was cool for sure. Um, also a little confusing, but cool.
1: Yeah, but it was a it was a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, good deal. Well, yeah, and I think you know that's just the theme of it that people went all out. And it was awesome to, that was an experience in itself, just looking at the other guests and seeing what everybody dressed up as. So going chronologically, we got to the park around like 4.15, I think. So we did a little, a few things cause this, this was our first time in Disneyland first time walking through the gates. So I think we went and took some pictures in front of sleeping beauty's castle, walked down main street, just kind of took it in and got our bearings. Um, But one of the first things that we did is we went back to Toontown for what we thought was kind of like a little secret pre-party back there. It's not a secret. Everybody knows about it. Probably everybody listening to this knows about it. But we thought it was kind of like an inside tip. Um, But what it is, if you don't know, one hour before the party starts, they open up um, Toontown just for party guests. So... We got back there and they were basically corralling everyone. And so they kind of put you in a group and shuffled everybody through. But then once you got up and it was your turn to get in, they gave you your bearings and told you where the different characters were and what attractions were open at that time. Um, but yeah, it was a good experience. So we back there, we went back there and we saw Goofy, Pluto, Donald, Daisy, And they said Mickey and Minnie were coming out later, but we didn't see them. And then we met with Daisy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all we really had time for back there. Um, Our tip would be that if you're going to do that, I think it's a great kind of thing to kick off the party before the party officially starts. But maybe get there fairly early, maybe 4.30 or so, and be in that first group so that you can try to meet as many characters as possible. What did you guys think of that little setup that they had?
0: I thought it was cute, but I am trying to keep it to the Halloween party. I liked when we met Mickey Mouse inside his house, like, during regular park hours. So, I I don't know. I kind of think that if your goal is to meet characters and you're only going to the Halloween party, that's how you do it. But if you have a regular park day, I don't know if that's... I don't know, maybe if you have small children and you really want to go trick-or-treating through the houses, that'd be a cute treat trail, but I I don't know. It was a great use of our time. I liked us meeting Daisy and getting to see that part of Toontown while it was open during the Halloween party, but I don't know if it's a must-do. Yeah, and again, I think part of that is that our time, you know, we didn't really maybe hit it at the best time because we were a little late to the pre-party um but kind of like brennan said i mean if you're gonna do it the earlier you get there the more you can knock out um because instead of maybe having to wait in line for a couple minutes to meet daisy we could have met donald and daisy really quickly back to back if you're in those first couple of groups so it would have been like a really good use of your time mm-hmm. um and again the treat trails because not many people would be back there so i guess it just kind of depends like you said, Liz, on what you're going for. Yeah,
1: and if and if attractions are your thing as well, it's worth mentioning that Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin and Gadget's Go Coaster were open during that portion as well. And I think they had almost no wait.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they were just empty because most people who were back there were interested in the characters. Mm-hmm. And if you are very current on Walt Disney World Today info, you saw that today they announced Roger Rabbit will eventually be no more and it will be Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So go ride Roger Rabbit.
1: See, I didn't read that portion of it. I thought they were just adding it. I didn't know they were putting it in Roger Rabbit's.
0: Yeah, Roger Rabbit's gonna go bye bye. Boo. Oh, I'm glad we got to do it. It was fun. Mm. I liked that ride.
1: Man. This is going to be a depressing rest of the episode. (laughs) They're taking away Roger Rabbit. I have a feeling they're taking away the Muppets.
0: Okay. We cannot get on this soapbox. (laughs) Moving on, folks. Moving on.
1: So what was the next thing we did? So after that, the party had officially started. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our strategy going into it is that we were saving the attractions and the treat tales until late into the night. We wanted to spend the beginning of the night – meeting characters and eating getting any snacks that we could i think we jumped on a few attractions but not many
0: yeah i think we did most of the attractions during the normal park hours because we had Before the um, yeah, yeah because we had the max pass but um really the next thing i can think of chronologically we went over to see the cadaver dance, right
1: yes so I personally thought the cadaver dance was a huge highlight of the night. So they're on their riverboat in rivers of America. Our placement of ourselves was not great because they kind of stopped before they got to us, but they're out there. They're singing all these Halloween and villainous songs. They're painted like ghosts or ghouls or whatever. They might be a cadavers, I guess. And, <laughs> I thought it was an amazing experience. Did you guys enjoy that?
0: Yeah, they definitely set the tone. um, Probably more than what they do in Florida, in Disney World. Um, It was really spooky. They had lots of fog. I mean, not just a little. Again, they were going all out with the fog. Um, So it was super eerie when they first came out. And um, they moved... Just slowly enough on that little rafts that you can really see the choreography that goes with their songs. Um, So I really enjoyed that. You know, they were definitely putting on a good show. I loved it. I mean, again, I think their choreography was impeccable. Um, One thing I loved that was, you know, really not that important was their riverboat captain. He also was painted as he was dead, and he just looked so uninterested, and it reminded me of, like, the ghost hosts that never smile. I just really appreciated how into character the riverboat driver was as well, at the fact that he was so dead and unamused, because if I was on that boat, I would be way too happy and chipper about being that close to the cadaver dam. <laughs> so, props to that human as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And for anybody who's trying to maybe get a timeline in place for future visits to Mickey's Halloween Party, um, at least in twenty eighteen, it seemed like they were running every hour on the hour is when the Cadaver Dance would go out, and it's probably a ten to twelve minute show. Um, and and you you get your times worth. I think that they really they go slow enough, like Catherine said, and and sing some great songs. So. Mm-hmm. The next thing um, that we can talk about, I think, is our character experiences, because I think that's really what we focused on next. So we walked up Main Street to the front of the park because we knew that's where Hades would be, and that was at the top of our list.
0: So brief side note, one of my favorite things, being a cast member, was noticing how important the cast members at Disneyland were really taking the fact that it was a Halloween party so when you go to the halloween parties they give you special wristbands and at least at walt disney world they're color-coded and have some kind of um like either candy corn or a little ghost or something no these ones at disneyland had the date and the cast members wanted to see that your wristband had like the color or the date. and when we were walking down main street to see the characters There was a wall of cast members we had to go through. Like, they would escort you out. So, I just kind of like that. I know it's strange to enjoy that people were being kicked out. (laughs) But I loved the fact that it really made you feel like it was an exclusive event. And when they cleared the park, like, the wait times were so significantly shorter. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. So, strange that I loved it, but it was just so efficient. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. I I would be surprised if there were any non party guests in the park past six thirty. Mm-hmm. Six forty at the latest. Because we they did sh- such an efficient job of getting the people out.
0: They made us show our wristbands even to go in a gift shop. Like they wouldn't even let you buy things after
1: six PM. <laughs> <laughs> that is not like Disney. No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, thanks for mentioning that because that is something that we all commented on that I think some people would maybe view that as a nuisance, but I think the benefit of that they're clearing everybody out who's not supposed to be there is worth the hassle of raising your arm up and having to go through the little walls that they set up.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was nice.
1: Mhm. So, characters. We walked up front. We What was the setup? So Hades was out there when we got there. We got in line, and then the cast member came over and talked to us. And what what was the setup there?
0: So Hades was up there um, as well as Maleficent. But they would swap every 30 minutes. Um, Hades would swap with Jafar, and Maleficent would swap with Cruella Deville. So it was kind of a toss-up on who you got. Um, you'd kind of have to read the line to see you know how much time was left and who you'd probably get so we actually left once the line once we realized um Jafar would be coming within the next couple minutes and we came back for Hades because you know we really wanted to meet him
1: but it's what was so great I think and such a good use of our time is that we didn't make it very far before we had to get back in line for Hades because we went and we got cookies I think from the bakery and but then when we started walking back down Main Street we noticed that all these different villains were just out roaming around and I know that was such an amazing experience for all of us um can you guys talk a little bit about that of of what that was like of seeing those villains walk around walk around
0: so when we were initially walking around um I think the first couple of people we saw, we saw, I don't remember if it was Chipperdale, but they were out there wandering around. Um, we also saw the Queen of Hearts while we were out there. We saw Gaston. Gaston, yes. Gaston. Um and Dr. Facilier. Yes, he was the coolest by far. Um, so they were just kind of wandering around. Um the cool thing about them is they don't stop moving for the most part. They kind of continually just walk around and mingle with people. So I think part uh, of that is because they... are mingle just, with each other. Yes, they mingle with each other. Um, and it really keeps a line from forming and it kind of keeps you on your toes as a guest trying to meet them. Um, so it's just really cool to, you know, interact with them. But like Liz said, also watch them interact with other characters um because they they're really funny um and they just kind of play off of each other's quirks Mm -hmm. and different things like that Mm -hmm. i think Catherine said that her favorite was dr facilier and i agree because when we met him um he was a face character so he was really able to talk to us and I like to think I'm familiar with Princess and the Frog, so I would say like a few lines, like, oh, do you have friends on the other side? But he was just very knowledgeable about other Disney villains. So it was funny to hear him say things from other movies. Like, mm-hmm. um, there was a small child that met him before us, and the child was looking for their parent, and the kid was like, oh, daddy. And Dr. Facilier's face was in sheer terror, thinking the child was actually talking to him. (laughs) And so he was like, oh, I'm not your daddy, but saying in his Facilier voice. And he's like, oh, I don't do children. That's a Maleficent thing. And then um, he also asked, like, if we wanted any, I guess if we needed anything, and you said that you needed a man. And he was like, oh, well, I, I'm not the fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. So he was funny in that way. So they're just witty. I mean, they just have such a great sense of humor. And even um, Cruella Deville, she was up there while we were talking to Dr. Facilier. And, you know, we mentioned Gaston was kind of walking around doing his thing, you know. Being, strutting. Yes, yeah, strutting. <laughs> yes, definitely. He was uh, being everyone's favorite guy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, we saw you throwing in that quote, yeah. So um, Gaston is, of course, meeting with people, and Cruella um, was meeting with, like, a family who was dressed up as Beauty and the Beast characters, so she was always sure to point out the beasts or the other Gastons that were more handsome than he was, and they would just bicker with each other, and it was just really funny mm-hmm. to see that interaction.
1: I think... I would have been perfectly content just standing in that flagpole area for hours, just seeing them interact with each other, hearing what funny things that they're going to say. And I think uh, something, the evil queen was out at one point as well. Yes. And she, when we were in line to meet Hades and she was walking by and she said, you know, everybody bow to the queen or something and i was just kind of standing there looking at her and she like pointed and she's like even you just standing there staring at me (laughs)
0: yeah she was she was moving around to get the best light for her portrait so they are they're definitely comical but even um like the non-face characters i don't know what the correct term would be um but like the queen of hearts Um, Before me and Liz got to take a picture with her, we had to like kiss her hands Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, you know, they have all the mannerisms and they're very animated, even without being able to kind of participate in the snarkiness. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's talk about it. Hades was probably one of my top character meet and greets ever.
0: I mean, hands down. He was amazing. Liz, what do you think? I definitely think so. Um, I am a fan of a good pun. I'm a bigger fan of a good Disney pun, which makes the Jungle Cruise just a very dangerous ride for me because I laugh the entire time. Probably my number two second uh, non-thrill attraction. So I told him my joke, that he looks like he's been working himself to death which is a, obviously a quote from the Hercules movie. And he actually laughed at it.
1: He slow clapped. Yeah. <laughs> I got Maybe. a
0: slow clap from Hades.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he had all the mannerisms perfect. I mean, it was just like talking to Hades in the movie. What Someone said something about Hercules uh, in the group in front of us, and he threw his hands up and you could tell that, it, you know, it was like his head was catching Uh on fire he was going into the the angry red version i mean so it was wonderful
0: it was hilarious and it helps too when they're not a face character and you can't really talk to them um to communicate with them because you kind of know what they're saying just from those mannerisms so when liz said you know like her puns or when we would ask him questions about pain and panic you know, it was easy to communicate with him, um, which also adds to the experience. You know, it's fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it was wonderful. So the next thing transitioning was the parade. So the frightfully fun parade. This is something that I think it bears comparison to Boo to You. I think we're probably all in agreement that Boo to You was a better experience for us. Probably mainly because it's a little bit longer and because it has the boo to you song, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, we're all a little partial to the boo to you song. We sing it like daily, especially this time of the year. Um, but it was a great parade. I mean, again, tons of similarities. Um
1: Gravediggers. Grave
0: Gravediggers. Big fan of the grave diggers, because they're always fun to watch and um you know just interact with liz what was your biggest difference my biggest difference is how the headless horseman rode so at disneyland i enjoyed how it was more of like a walk and they told the story of the headless horseman there were like there was a street performer that came before the Headless Horseman, and then there was actually the horseman who was walking through the street to the story on, like, a spooky evening. It reminded me of how, like, the cadaver dance, like, set the mood was how the Headless Horseman rode. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you go to Walt Disney World and watch the parade, it's like the Headless Horseman is riding. Like, if you turn your head and look to the right and talking, then it's He's gone.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: I thought that was really nice. That you can, like, take pictures and learn why the headless horse is scary by listening to the story.
1: You also commented when we were there about the order of the parade.
0: Oh, yes. Mickey was first. Mm -hmm. Like, Mickey and Minnie didn't even have a float. They were walking on the streets. Which... I've never seen that before at Walt Disney World. I guess I'm just used to him being the finale, which it did say the Frightfully Fun Parade featured Vampirina, which is a good, you know, Disney Channel show, Disney Junior show, I even believe. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I, I always would joke with my friends, especially with, like, the Festival Fantasy Parade at Magic Kingdom, and we would say, like, poor Snow White is a peasant walking on the street when the other princesses have floats. So it it flashed back to me. I was like, wow, Mickey's a peasant and doesn't have a float. Oh my but goodness. We're just going to uh.
1: get that sound clip out right there and just play that <laughs> Mickey's a peasant.
0: I don't know. I thought it was very strange that he did not have a float.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Personal opinion. It was unique.
1: Yeah. I think some of the highlights for me – Doctor Facilier's float was awesome. Um, he was jumping all around it and casting spells and
0: very theatrical. I think that's a big thing that I noticed in throughout the Halloween party in our time in California. Everyone is so theatrical, mm-hmm. you know, very over the top.
1: Yeah, I eat it up. It's yeah. great. It was awesome. Um, Jack and Sally were great as always. If they had put oogie boogie in there like he's in boo to you maybe i'd have him on the same scale but no oogie boogie minus one star for me
0: valid point i would point
1: i would put oogie boogie in festival of fantasy parade if i could
0: (laughs) so i guess then from the parade of course your next logical move is to watch the fireworks um and we actually got pretty lucky we had good spots for the fireworks um Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly how they kind of roped things off in Disney World. But for what is the
1: Halloween screams,
0: Halloween screams. So for Halloween screams, they still kept a pathway kind of going right through the center from of the a partner hooking. statue
1: to Tomorrowland.
0: Yes. And we were the first people in line right behind that the rope Mm -hmm. that they put there. So there wasn't really anyone right in front of us obstructing our view. Um, I'm sure that was good for Liz since she's short. Um, So we had a great view of the projections as well as the fireworks. Mm -hmm. So, Brennan, tell us.
1: Well, the setting for it is amazing. So they do have less real estate to work with, of course, with Sleeping Beauty's Castle being much smaller than Cinderella's. But they've really maximized their space, I think, and the coolest thing was first zero flew around the castle that they could have stopped the parade right there, and I would have fireworks been, they could have stopped the fireworks right there, and I would have been satisfied,
0: which i I was again watching these fireworks, and Brendan watches a ton of POV videos. And I'm sure he well knew exactly how Zero was going to fly and could probably close his eyes and tell you he was going to turn around and fly back at this exact point of the music. But his face lit up and looked like he had no idea this ghost dog was going to fly through the air. Like he was so genuinely impressed and happy by this. I forgot he already knew.
1: It was well... Actually, I don't watch many fireworks videos because typically I'm not a fireworks person. They're not something that I enjoy too much. So I didn't know what was coming. Um, But but I knew it had a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas in it. So I was extremely pumped for that. And so the other thing that they do is they blow up like this big globe. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. And it kind of just sits right behind to the left of the castle. And then they project... Different things on there. So a lot of Jack Skellington projected on there. A lot of Oogie Boogie projected on there. And they're kind of the narrators for this fireworks show. And it was... I feel like I've said amazing 10 times, but it was amazing.
0: Yeah, it definitely helps because the castle is so much smaller. You know, they don't have as much room for the projections. So I think having that globe there just kind of gave them another advantage you know just something else to work with um and it was really cool because um you know i guess for maybe some of the lack of fireworks because you know it's just dry and they can't do all the same fireworks um that globe and then of course zero kind of made up for it so it was really cool Mm -hmm. yeah i would say that the volume of fireworks was one thing i was missing after witnessing um the grandeur of Hallow Wishes multiple times. I mean, I love perimeter fireworks. If you haven't experienced perimeter fireworks at Walt Disney World, I I, I don't know, I'm very biased. Um, I missed that. I thought that, like Catherine said, they did make up for it in what ways they could. What ways, I mean, you you can't make up for perimeter fireworks. <laughs> I don't I, I don't think you can. They mm-hmm. tried and they did a good job trying. It was very sufficient, but yeah. not the best.
1: And one thing that I noticed, and it's something I think why fireworks aren't something that I normally gravitate to, is I get bored with them fairly quickly. But I felt like with Halloween Scream's that as soon as I felt that moment of getting bored and wondering, all right, when is the finale? they ramped it back up immediately. And Jack came back on.
0: Zero came back out.
1: Yeah, and they kind of finished it off. And so I thought the timing and the duration of it was great.
0: Yeah, and I guess I just loved it because, you know, it's it's very festive. You know, I'm all about the festive shows. Um, and it had everything that I like. So I'm honestly not a fan of perimeter fireworks. I know Liz is going to, like, gasp and lose it. But I always have to close my eyes because it's so bright. So I don't really take it in anyway. I know. I'm the worst kind of person. But I loved it all. They had mm-hmm. all my favorite. I like the swirly kind that <laughs> like make all the noise. So they had lots of those. So I was pleased. <laughs> That's all I need.
1: <laughs> A plus rating from Catherine for the swirly twirlies.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're really the loud. Twirling, the loud. loud ones that sound like rockets. Those are my favorite.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, so I think that's great. Um, last couple of things I think that we can talk about for the party. We'll save any of the Halloween overlays on a mansion holiday for our Disneyland episode because those are playing during normal park hours too. Um, but a couple other things that I had in my notes were the merchandise. We were a little bit disappointed by that. Um, it seemed like, of course, Catherine and I researched extensively before we went and we knew what kind of merch that we wanted and it seemed like it just never worked out they never had our sizes or we never even saw some of the items that they had earlier in the season
0: yeah I mean we were so excited for this trip we kind of pre-planned everything including our souvenirs so some of the shirts that I had wanted um, we have a niece so we wanted It was like a hay pumpkin onesie for her. We never saw that. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted like door hangers and different things. And I guess they were just sold out. So, I mean, kudos to Disney for having cute things that sell out. But boo for us going in October and not being able to buy anything. Mm -hmm. We actually ended up buying one shirt for us to share Um, It's a size too big for me. and
1: Too small for me. Yeah, so
0: we'll make it work. It's a good souvenir, but definitely a little underwhelmed with what was still available for us.
1: Mm -hmm. And we could have just been in between shipments. I don't know if they restocked before Halloween, but uh, we kept looking around and we just never found the stuff that we were exactly looking for.
0: Yeah, we probably stopped in every gift store possible and we were dedicated top Disney parks yeah yeah so it was fine um I guess that was probably one of the downers and mm-hmm. for some people that might not even be a big factor but we were definitely all about the souvenirs
1: mm-hmm. and the other thing that I wanted to mention is that with any of these ticketed events well any park day honestly it's always a race against time so we unfortunately just ran out of time and we never got to do any of the treat trails so we went home with no candy which maybe was a blessing in disguise
0: yeah we did not need candy trust me we ate enough snacks for like a A small army (laughs) yeah by the end of this trip but I know that's definitely something that a lot of people look forward to, and we heard, you know, people rave about those treat trails just because you can really load up pretty easily. Um, I think we were just so fascinated by the characters and by probably just the newness of Disneyland that we just waited until the last minute and missed out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we had a bit of um, what is it um. Oh, my, my sports references are gone. We did not have the home field advantage. <laughs> we didn't know the park. So we were still, like, using the map to navigate our way around. So I think that worked against our favor. But at the same time, it was kind of fun. So Because that's definitely cute. something we are not used to. We are not typically map people. So it's funny that you mentioned that because we really – we were lost sometimes we would have to like okay guys let's stop where are we where are we going what's our route Mm -hmm. so that probably did hinder us you know maybe just a little bit here and there but
1: yeah and it was just such a different feeling because we probably haven't picked up a map from walt disney world in 15 years minimum
0: i think it was also really interesting because like i would go like from the hub and we'd want to go to big thunder mountain and automatically i would just you know here's sleeping beauty's castle i go left at the hub and then i would try to go left to frontierland jk frontierland is to the right where Mm
1: -hmm.
0: usually liberty square was Mm -hmm. so the park was laid out so differently
1: yeah well, I think we covered a lot, and I think it was a really fun experience for us. It, it, kind of, what are your final thoughts on it? For me personally, I think it was absolutely worth the money. Something that we didn't mention is that you do get Photo Pass and Max Pass included in your park ticket, which I think the park tickets are more expensive than Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, but that is an added benefit that you get that you wouldn't get in Orlando. So I think. That was a great thing for us that we didn't have to worry about getting out the camera that we just let PhotoPass take care of it. I actually only took my camera the first night and then I didn't bring it the rest of the trip. Um, but I I loved it. I thought that the parade was good, not great. I thought the fireworks were amazing, but the character experiences I think were phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, the price was well worth it. Um, you know, if you do visit. Disneyland during a Halloween party I would say it's a must do I mean even if you just do it once to say that you've done it um I would highly recommend it you know the characters I mean even if that's the only thing you're interested in um or even like Brendan I mean he is not a character person he never wants to wait in line with me and Liz for a character I mean he does it because that's his husband obligation but Um, if Brendan says the characters were great, then I feel like that's saying something. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think it's definitely worth it. I would recommend dressing up for it because I think it just makes that experience that much more fun and gives the characters more to talk to you about. Um, That's probably the one thing that I would have changed about our trip. Otherwise, I loved every part of it. Still think the Frightfully Fun and Halloween Screams You know, biased Walt Disney World cast member opinion. They were great. Not Walt Disney World great, but still enjoyable. So, Mm -hmm. still highly recommend the Halloween part as an overall experience, though, and I would do it again next year.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. I think that sums it up pretty well. So, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is part one of three of our Disneyland trip report. So, next Tuesday is when we will drop our review or our trip report of Disneyland, and then we'll go to California Adventure. So there's so much more to talk about, so we're so excited to share it and just kind of share our perspective on it where Walt Disney World has kind of always been our home park. But spoiler alert, we had an absolute blast. We fell in love with Disneyland, um, so we're so excited to share kind of our experiences. Anything else you guys want to mention before we end this one?
0: I don't know. I think we covered it all. I'm just honestly looking ahead and I'm excited to talk about our other parts of our trip.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Agreed.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we will be back on Thursday with our normal guest interview style episode. I'll go ahead and drop who the guest is for that because I'm so excited to drop it. It is Jackie, who is Disney Snackaholic. If you don't love Disney snacks, then this is not the show for you. So I look forward to uh, sharing that episode. We talk a lot about snacks, spoiler alert. um, But also, she is a Disneyland local, so it, it ties in nicely with our theme for the next few episodes. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you
0: heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at DetourToNeverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at detourtoneverland_podcast. underscore podcast. DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. Have
1: a great day.